everybody. Thank you very much for listening in. Today, I am talking to Will van der Sanden. He is the founder of DuckSoup, which has uh, is one of the biggest LinkedIn automation tools. And I believe last time I checked, it was about 60,000 users, if that's correct. Yeah, 60,000, 70,000 users fluctuated around there, the sort of number, yeah. I'm keen to chat a little bit about uh, your views on LinkedIn strategy, how to leverage automation to really make LinkedIn a good channel for a B2B company or a B2B SaaS in particular. I guess the first question I had was, why LinkedIn in particular? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So first of all, thanks for having me. So basically, the uh, the reason you want to be on LinkedIn and it's a good place is, well, to for, for B2B uh, outreach is that really, if you're looking at any sort of business network that is online, there is really nothing that compares to the sheer reach of LinkedIn. It is that simple. There are 830 million users on LinkedIn. Now, they're not, obviously not all uh, very all active users, but it's nearly for all professionals across the world, it's nearly uh, the first thing they do when they get a job, they'll update LinkedIn. So it's just the, the most, yeah, the most up-to-date and the, the, the widest reaching network that you could you can find at the moment. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. It's an interesting channel as well from, from what I've seen. It seems in some cases it's actually easier to connect with people via LinkedIn than it is by email, I would guess, when it comes to outreach. Is that something you found? Yeah, absolutely. The the well from from my experience and also talking to our customers is the because uh, LinkedIn is a, a business networking website. So people are just generally more receptive to being approached for business networking purposes because that's really what the network is for. And with email, it's, it's obviously much more blurred in what email should be used for. And while we all get so much on well <laughs> unwanted communication in email, in either business email or private email, that yeah, that it's to to really to stand out from the crowd using email is really really difficult. And also, your audience is very likely just not even give you the. Uh, the chance to explain why they should be or really uh, looking at your uh, products or services. While on LinkedIn, if you if you approach the right people who could have a genuine benefit from your products or services, they'll be happy to listen uh, because they know LinkedIn. Well, that's what LinkedIn is about. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So LinkedIn definitely has a benefit in uh, in just the success ratio in in this outreach. Uh, in my experience. Fantastic. When it comes to B2B uh, and SaaS companies trying to leverage LinkedIn, is there a particular subgroup or segment of users who will find it much easier to do outbound via LinkedIn than others? I think most, well, there will be a difference. I think for any business, there will be a chance of success. The way that I see this is that if your audience is on LinkedIn, which for all nearly all B2B businesses will be the case, then it's a good place to reach out to them and they will be likely be receptive. They're obviously in more well IT savvy crowd or different uh, geographies. Uh, people will be more or less inclined to really take the communication further on LinkedIn. So there is a cultural uh, element there and a technology element. But overall, I think you'll be hard pressed to find a business that doesn't benefit or wouldn't benefit from LinkedIn outreach. So it sounds like apart from it being sort of a, a B2B 
business, it's going to depend a little bit on the geography, culture, and also whether or not that particular type of prospect is IT active, if you will. Would that yeah. be fair? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So when people get started with LinkedIn outreach, what would you say is some of the wrong ways that they go about it mm-hmm. that, that you've noticed tend not to work or you see happen a lot, but uh, is, is misguided? There is, I think, a lot Well, of the things that I see go wrong uh, is stems from uh, people being too enthusiastic when they start. Mm-hmm. And as a result, their outreach, outreach is, to, is too scattered. So they will they will not really think of a process. They will not sort of pre-think their approach. They will just start using the software to do a connection requests or to send messages without really thinking about, yeah, thinking about a campaign, thinking about, well, what is my audience? And um, uh, so, yeah, so really a two-scattered approach that then ends up falling over. Also, people tend to be, well, they don't take the medium into account. So their communication can be too aggressive. LinkedIn is primarily uh, still a, a social network. Or even though it's a business social, it's still uh, it's still a social network, and you don't really, yeah, want to come across uh, too too salesy. So that's yeah, uh, you need to take it slowly on LinkedIn. Uh, it's not a it's not a matter of uh, of a quick sale. So yeah, too aggressive, and oh yeah, just a lack of measurement. People not really taking thinking well. After I've done this campaign, what is a what is the good outcome? How do I measure if the if the outcome is successful uh, or not? Uh, which makes it an easier or difficult to to refine your uh, your process and to get better at what you do. And yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely one thing that trips up quite a few people. Interesting that you mentioned being too aggressive there. What would you say to the people who have taken the view that you know, look, if I just blast out ten thousand connection requests, <laughs> you know, and a small fraction of those will do the, the direct conversion or the direct response. I don't have time for the relationship building. What is your perspective on that particular take? Well, I, I think it is a, um, an approach that is most likely not going to give you much in the way of, of actual results. Well, for one, it's, it's a dangerous approach in terms of what LinkedIn will, uh, will think of your account. When you create too much too much activity in your account, especially if you have never uh, really done any outreach on LinkedIn before, then you will most likely very quickly uh, get a, a temporary ban on your account. So that is one uh, a quick uh, way of failing there. But otherwise, other than that, when you don't connect to the right people, then you will just end up well, creating more noise than uh, than really sending out the messages to people that that could be interested. It's really important that because you have the ability to find the right people to, to uh, with all the search functions in LinkedIn and also the different lists, you can you can find them via people who are connected to other people, people who are from a particular school, people who have been who have who joined certain groups. So it is really. Uh, well, all the tools are there in LinkedIn to uh, to really narrow down who you're targeting to the, only those people that are relevant to growing your to your network in terms of growing, but also in terms of the product that you're selling or, or the service that you're uh, selling to be relevant to them. And yeah, by by not really using uh, using that, you just 
end up spending a lot of cycles on yeah, just creating noise for people who will not want to uh, <laughs> who will not want to do, uh, hear anything from you. But besides the the, the sort of the the uh, level level of activity being too aggressive, it's also the the tone of voice in the in the communication in LinkedIn. So in LinkedIn, you don't really start by saying, "Well," as in you you, you need to build up the relation, and that sounds maybe a bit woolly, but it does mean that you need a few iterations and you need a bit of time before, well, coming up with a, like a really a suggestion, like "Oh, try this," or "Try this product," or "I'm having a, I have a webinar, try and, and join there." It could be it's, it's a good uh, it's of interest. Uh, that is not the sort of communication you want to receive on LinkedIn because that is it, people will just <laughs> they will just block you and uh, you won't have any uh, anything to uh, to tell them anymore so so yeah it's both aggressive in uh, in the tone in, in the messaging and, and in, in the sheer level of activity yeah. on the flip side based on your experience and what you've seen working with your users what would you recommend then instead as a, a better approach and how would you actually leverage this or, or try to automate the process well the the first thing you do is really is to um and uh, that's true for uh, for all marketing campaigns but we really to to find the persona of your well first of all your audience as in your end users right the people that you're that who you think benefit from using your product so you really need to find a profile of who they are where they are and what also what age or what gender ideally just so you have a better picture of uh, of, the, of your users, but also not just the users. You also need to think about decision makers that in your that are part of the of the process. Because uh, obviously, well, for some products, the, the the actual end user is also the person who will make the decision on trying it. But very often, it's not. And so, yeah, you need to, and then really grow your network in the direction of those those audiences. And you do that by just using the uh, the different either the different functions in uh, LinkedIn to find them, connect to them, and and first you start out by growing them. Just grow your network, connect with the right people that uh, at some point will be interested, ideally, in using your product. And you did, once you connect, so on one part you connect and grow your network, and then you also you need to reach out to those people regularly, but not with uh, sales pages, but just with, with relevant content. So, for example, if you see an article that's uh, interesting because of, well, because of the, it could be interesting to the persona, then uh, you might you can share that. Or if there's an event that's coming up, uh, share, share about that. And just uh, make sure that you follow up with, then with the, those prospects that respond. Because uh, very often, even for the decision makers and the, uh, the customers or potential users, they might be interested, but it's just not the right time. So as in, it might not be the right time for them to be looking at a product. Or they might just purchase something that fills that particular function or it's just not a good time because of whatever happening in the business. So you need to be, well, make sure you, you well, you, you nurture them and you, be, you just reach out to them every month or every couple of months with an update. And, and then at some point, yeah, you will hit the right timing as well. And then they, they will contact you. And then from there, it's really, a, uh, you need to make sure you hand over to um, to your business uh, developers for them to really, well, have the human-to-human interaction. So have a call, have a, a webinar, a uh, well, just maybe just a, an actual face-to-face meeting, right? So we're post-corona now, so we can do that as well. 
So yeah, that's really the, uh, the the way that I've seen succeed quite a lot. When it comes to targeting your persona, do you find any strategies around, I guess you could say, traditional networking ideas around uh, find super connectors or you know try to connect with people one step ahead of you? You know, do do any of these mm-hmm. ideas come into play here, or is it pretty much just try to connect directly? with your target user who will use your product or service? It depends there, I think, a lot on yeah, the culture of your audience. Uh, but as in, in the US, you're probably more likely to succeed with a more slightly more direct approach than uh, in other places, I think. But the best or the most successful approach is really just to take it one, one degree in connection at a time. So as in, you sort of grow your network to the people that you want to connect to. You don't just reach out to people that you're, you don't have any connection with. But ideally, it will be a, you have a shared connection. Well, that people will be less or more likely to accept a connection request and yeah, just to take you in, into their network. But it's, yeah, for, for example, for influencers, if you're looking for, a, a, this is in a, from a marketing, marketing influencers, you probably want to go for a more direct approach because there will be more, well, more likely to understand what sort of business you're in and, and how they could help you. There's a mutual benefit there. But for your, your a real target audience, your your, uh, your customers, best to grow towards them. And that, well, there are common tactics as well that are more, uh, it's really just, well, because uh, people hop around, right? So you, you once you build a bit of a network, you know, and, and you see someone has changed jobs, then you can use that as a way of getting to more other people in a different company who might be uh, interested and obviously, also via the competition, it's well, once you connect, well, I mean, to sales or marketing people from other businesses, that is also a way to connect to a, a possible uh, audience. So, so yeah, it, it does it does help if you're, especially if you're looking for, for the growing of your network towards your potential customers to ideally come as close before really making a jump as you're making a, making a a third, second, and then a first degree in your network. Yeah, interesting. I haven't heard that much about sort of pursuing second degree connections first before moving on mm. to, you know, third degree connections and avoiding, I guess, fourth degree connections and above. How do you know when the the relationships or the connections you've built with these second degree people who become first degree is strong enough in order to you, for you to then target new second degree connections that come out of that relationship. So basically once someone accepts a connection request, because really the, well, the, the that phase of the, of the growing a network is really about connecting to the right people uh, as in making, sending connection requests and yeah, and then obviously getting them accepted. But yeah, well, once they accept, obviously their first degree connections become, become your second degree connections. And there is no, in my experience, any sort of real sort of reason why you would then not continue growing uh, your network from there. You actually find that if if you grow like this in in your particular uh, business or in, in your particular vertical, it's well not after maybe a year or maybe two years. It depends how quickly you grow. You, you will probably be a second degree connection to to your entire audience that you could be uh, growing towards because the the way that well, just the way that people network is they they tend to connect to uh, people well for one in the same business, so in the same company, and yeah, quite quickly you'll find that if 
then let's say you start a campaign in a year or two, another uh, reach out, uh, outreach campaign on LinkedIn, maybe for a slightly different, a different geography. And then when you start using the filters and finding, finding a particular uh, list that you want to target, then yeah, very quickly, you can just use uh, only secondary connections to, uh, to start the process. It's a very interesting point. I didn't realize it would be that quick. How many contacts would you suggest? I understand that every industry would be different, but is there any mm-hmm. kind of milestone that people should aim to build? You know, the, for example, a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about get the 500 just so that you have the kudos on your profile of yeah, 500 yeah, yeah, plus yeah. connections. Um, yeah, is there yeah. any number that people ought to keep in mind? Well, uh, from the, well, the, obviously the, the 500 is not enough for uh, really being connected secondary to, but uh, I, I would say between two and 3,000 connections. I'd say anything, yeah, the, at that level. And, and as you said already, it, it, it a lot depends also on your industry and uh, many other factors. But yeah, once you have about two, three thousand first, first screen connections that are, uh, are relevant, right? Then you'll find that you're probably second degree to, yeah, to nearly all, all of your uh, possible audience. And for the messaging and the development of the the relationship part, aside from just trying to keep in touch, did you notice any particular type of communications that you should definitely be doing? So, for example, birthdays is a bit of a joke sometimes on LinkedIn. Uh, someone says, as soon as you have a birthday, you get hundreds of automated messages. Is, yeah, is there yeah. a particular type that you recommend people looking at? I think you do want to stay on topic. Well, on topic from the perspective of the product, as in, in the problem space that you're working in, and it, it, well, ideally it will have some sort of some sort of news value to your audience, right? Because not everyone, obviously, when you're in the business of a particular software product that you're trying to uh, market to to people, then you will know all the ins and outs and all the events, all the things that are happening in that in that little bubble. But your audience is not aware of all this, right? They, they, they don't really follow the news that you're following in the same way. So if you bring them uh, something that happens in your bubble that is that, that you think, oh, well, that, that could be of interest, yeah, people will, will appreciate that and they will, they'll probably thank you for, uh, for sharing as well. Great. So we've talked about building your network, when to start expanding your network, the approximate size to aim for, and some ideas around what to communicate with your audience there. How would you go about scaling this process using different types of automation tools? The scaling in LinkedIn will generally well be linear to the amount of profiles that you use on LinkedIn. Uh, now, I don't recommend creating fake profiles or anything, far from it. But the reality is that you do need, when you scale up your, your outreach, you do need more profiles because of the way that LinkedIn will restrict your, uh, your the level of activity. So you will need to, well, just well, ideally you, well, within your business, have the the, uh, the business development uh, people or the, the the sales development reps to build up their profiles and to use those profiles for the outreach. But that is one uh, one fact that you, yeah. So and once you have the uh, the, the profiles, then you need to uh, yeah just divvy up the work so uh, not everyone will be running on all campaigns all the time so uh, you need some sort of coordination really that sits before that to make sure that the actual automation element that you uh, run on the different profiles to um, uh, to do the outreach to, to do the network growth that that part is done in the context of a of a more sort of uh, concerted effort 
that is what people are, are then aware of which campaign they're working in and uh, which messaging is relevant to that audience that is part of that campaign. But it does require coordination. It, it doesn't, if you scale up uh, without any coordination, then your reps will be basically just repeating work and they will just be annoying your uh, your audience. And also on the receiving, on the other end, you will be not be able to really track the, the level of success that you're getting from the outreach. But once you do have the right or the right sort of level of process control there, then like I said, it's, you need all, all the different profiles to do, well, to run the automations, to run the um, the outreach regularly, and make sure that the uh, that the reps keep still keep an eye on the on the responses from your audience, and then follow up. Make sure you do follow up with the uh, yeah the prospects that respond. You'll find that the the LinkedIn message box is completely useless uh, when you really scale your uh, your messaging. Even in Sales Navigator, it is completely not uh, not fit for purpose for real outreach. So from that, you, you really need your software to uh, support you in uh, in alerting you of the of the response that you receive, so you can manage that that flow and make sure that you qualify people in and out in a timely manner and follow up with the ones that are uh, interested, uh, especially. Just to clarify, when you when you mention having the right number of profiles or a suitable number of profiles that so that you can be as active as you would like to be given the limitations of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You mentioned dividing up the work. Dividing up the work here, you mean is how many contacts each profile will intend to target over a certain period of time. Is is that what you mean? Yeah, it's the, uh, well, you could, well, also the, the different campaigns will have different audiences. Obviously, initially, you probably only have one campaign, which is grow your network. But most likely, very soon after, you'll be thinking about there will be one campaign that is just like a regular outreach with uh, interesting news to the, for the decision makers. Then there will be a campaign that you run more towards the end users. And there might also be in different geographies to make it more topical for their for their environment. So it's really, and those different campaigns, you should really uh, target, well, as in uh, uh, your different reps should be, be part of different campaigns in that way. So don't just have all campaigns run through all the reps, but just uh, yeah, have them sort of do different, different work streams, if you want to call it that, as part of the outreach. Not to put you on the spot, but I'm curious to know, mm-hmm. if we were to apply this strategy and process that you've described to, say, a, a IT SaaS product targeting mid-size firms in the United States, and they have a sizable sales team, and they had brought you in specifically saying, let's automate this process. What would be the first, second, and third thing that you would do to get in place? The first thing to do is, is um, that I would be interested in is find, to find the influencers uh, that are active in that space, especially on LinkedIn. Yeah, they still have quite a bit. Well, people listen to what they say, let me put it that way. And so you should really try and be in touch with them regularly as well. And that's just one sort of one segment. And the, well, the next thing to do is really uh, to see if you if you're able to really find your audience on LinkedIn, right? So if you find your uh, your users and just just create lists or keywords and find a way to yeah to 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 your audience, uh, yeah. As I said before, the the different different products, different uh, audiences, uh, they will have different uh, ways of. Uh, of of, uh, of finding them in LinkedIn, but they're, they're, I'm sure they're all there. And the uh, make sure you separate the uh, well the people who are actually controlling the money in the, in your uh, 
client base from the ones who are using the product because they will need different messaging. They will also probably need different SDRs. Very often what we see is that the, uh, for the, uh, well, let's say the regular SDRs tend to target the more, more the, the end users of your products so that they see the benefit. And the, the depending on the size of the business, uh, either the VPs or the, uh, the C, CEOs even, you want to use those to target, as in the profiles on LinkedIn, to target the decision makers and the influencers. So, so we also yeah make sure that you have a, have a list of all the different profiles that you can use for this outreach because you will need to uh, segment them like that as well. And then the first, yeah, once you've got the basics right there, then uh, just start growing, start building the network. And even that, uh, from what, what I've seen there is uh, even just doing, as when you're just starting out, just doing automated visits, something as simple as that, of, of a relevant audience, not of a random audience, right? It's very important that your audience is relevant. Otherwise, you might be connecting to the competitor, which is not what you want. That will, with the right profile uh, configuration, I should mention that as well, actually. So before you uh, start reaching out to different people, uh, make sure that the profile that you're using for the outreach, being it a SDR profile or a VP profile, that it's uh, it's been set in so that people that that you visit, they will immediately see uh, why it's relevant to them, right? Uh, if you're uh, if you got some woolly text in your uh, title, well, get rid of that because uh, the people will only see like a part of your uh, of your title of your heading. Uh, so that it should be clear from that uh, to that audience in how you are able or how how you are relevant to them and and what what it would mean for for uh, for their business. But well, yeah, once you've done, uh, tidied that up, and obviously also the photo, it's important to have a good photo. Uh, n- n- nothing funny that the people uh, in business don't appreciate funny, <laughs> funny or family pictures. And then from from there, yeah, uh, do the outreach. Uh, yeah, just taking a step back there. The uh, even just starting uh, starting off with uh, auto visiting, just for the purpose of growing your network uh, in the right area, uh, that can be quite successful. People will actually just connect with you instead of the other way around. And then once you're, once you're comfortable with that part, then, uh, then you can start really, um, uh, yeah, defining the campaigns, defining the messaging that it, uh, is, goes with the campaign and, uh, setting up the automations to, uh, to run that. When it comes to measuring the success of a, of a LinkedIn outreach campaign, what would you say are the key metrics to look out for? The answer that really, it, it depends on your campaign. So let's say if your, your campaign is around, uh, setting up demo calls with audience, then the number of uh, people who have uh, scheduled a call will obviously be a, be a metric. I mean, it really is that sort of straightforward. If the, if the, if your campaign is really all about connecting with influencers, then it's, it, it's just about the number of new connections in that particular segment you've managed to, uh, to add. If it's about finding or getting people to attend a conference, then it's, you need to track that in a way that uh, that see which attendance has managed to find its way to your conference from LinkedIn. So, so it's really about the so well the campaign will have a particular particular driver, right? So your campaign you're running uh, even without the LinkedIn uh, element, you're running a campaign because you're trying to achieve someone something, you're trying to find someone, and you're doing that to to either well. Like I said, to have to have more calls, to have more this, more installations of your software, right? So it's uh, and uh, because the campaigns in, in LinkedIn, you can make them so targeted, 
and you can you can sort of really tell the the, the moment where the automation stops and the manual handover starts. Uh, that from the, at that point you can really then measure if well uh, how many how many prospects have made it to that part of the uh, of the funnel from the start and uh, and are they really well are they um, showing the the interest in what you've been trying to promote? You know, it's a very general sort of marketing story there, but it's really, I guess, the top and the tail of the LinkedIn outreach is, is general marketing. It's just the, the inside part is you, you fill it with automation to get as many people to this uh, funnel as possible. It could be of interest. I had noticed that, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be any metrics that I've seen on LinkedIn around, for example, invitation acceptance rate or visits to connection request or anything like this. But is that something that, based on what you've said, is, is not that big of consideration provided you've done your targeting correctly? No, absolutely not. I don't think it's a massive consideration. Well, obviously, the it, it's more about the, to take the connection acceptance rate, right, as an example. If your campaign is about growing the network, then, yeah, then that, is, that is a key metric of that particular campaign. But most campaigns will not be about growing a network. I would say even most campaigns, you probably, once you build your network, you probably be reaching out to existing connections uh, mostly anyway. And yeah, then obviously that the connection element is, uh, is you've passed that stage. But yeah, but the connection acceptance, the, sorry, the connection acceptance event is really just part of uh, of a much, uh, part of your campaign and, it, and it's either a necessity or it's already happened. So you know, I, I wouldn't stare myself blind on on the acceptance rate. You really need to look at the real-world outcomes of your campaign to measure success. Second last question just before we go. Are there any trends that you're noticing in the LinkedIn space? For example, I've noticed that it seems as though the mass invite feature on, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. events seems to be quite popular right now. But from your perspective, are you, are you noticing any large changes here and just around the corner? The changes that I've seen is is mostly, uh, well, as you see, as you pointed out, the uh, different functionality that uh, LinkedIn is adding to the, to their platform, right? And, and the uh, the events is a, is a, is a clearly something that they've been promoting. But from when you well in in, in my uh, in my experience, when you compare compare that with just a basic outreach mechanism and that we just that we just uh, talked about. I think it is much uh, a lot smaller segment than anything else. I think the the most or the biggest change really that we saw in the last year is the restrictions in LinkedIn around growing your network, which has forced people to think more about uh, about who they're inviting uh, and who they're not. But I think the because the essence of this is really the essence of business networking. Uh, I, I don't see any any changes there. Uh, to be honest, no. Excellent. So where can people go to learn more about yourself and DuckSoup? Well, we have a, a website, DuckSoup.com. With an, uh, that's with an X, D-U-X-S-O-U-P.com. Uh, but if you just type anything that resembles that in Google, uh, it, will, uh, it will find it for you as well. Uh, we've been around for quite a while. So, But yeah, we have a lot of uh, content on our website around. Uh, but we have blogs sort of focusing on different areas of lead generation uh, on LinkedIn uh, in conjunction with uh, with DuckSoup. We also have recorded webinars. We run a webinar every two weeks, a live webinar, where you can ask questions and, uh, yeah, uh, just find out interesting things about uh, DuckSoup and LinkedIn lead generation. 
and we have a uh, an excellent support team. If you have any questions as well on our website, there's a little uh, help icon on the website. If you click on that, you probably find someone behind the chat or otherwise behind email. Um, so if you do have any questions about DuckSoup, you should definitely go there. But the best way to uh, to see about yeah, what it's all about is just to uh, to install the the, the, the product and use the uh, the two week pre trial to uh, to try out your own uh, outreach on LinkedIn. And then, uh, yeah, experience it uh, for yourself. Excellent. I'll make sure to put links to everything in the show notes. Otherwise, Will, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, having me, Ben.